welcome back. This is Julie Bates with the podcast, Training the Pointing Labrador, episode number 284. And in today's episode, I'm going to go back to the normal uh, troubleshooting, answering a question in a little bit of depth for people that are interested. I've been working with someone who is now, uh, feels that they are ready to start working on teaching their dog, or running blinds, actually running real blinds. Uh, and I wanted to talk about that because some of the questions that I get and some of the, the stories that I'm hearing um, makes me want to kind of line this out, at least give my opinion on this. I know there are all kinds of uh, ideas and ways that people do this stuff. And normally what we all do uh, when we train dogs is we're taught a certain way and then that we learn that and over time we may adjust that somewhat, but we just kind of do what we're taught. And for most uh, amateurs that I see, what what they do, the, what seems to be most rewarding, I've always said that, is everyone loves to go to a seminar and get drills. Different drills, drills with white buckets and white posts and drills with this many legs to this or that. And I've always said there are a, there's definitely a place for drills. Definitely a place. It's a limited place, but it is a place. Just always doing drills all the time um, is like going out and practicing driving up and back and forth in your driveway after you've been driving for a long time. Now, it, it might make you feel better, but it's probably not doing you a whole lot of good other than occupying time. So um, I, I want to talk about uh, teaching blinds and approaching blinds. Now, part of the assumption when we're going to talk about literally running a real blind retrieves is that you have the, the fundamentals strongly in place. And that is that when you put your hand down and say back or whatever you say, that the dog knows they must go. And that when you blow the sit whistle, the dog knows they must stop. Okay, that has to be in place. You know, when people do that in different ways, you know, conventionally in most retriever stuff, it's, a, it's doing the T or the double T where you're forced to pile and all that. I understand now. You know, people are saying, no, we don't really do that anymore. But So I'm just going to leave it with, when you put your hand down and, you're, and you say back, the dog knows they've got to go. And when you blow the whistle, the dog knows they have to stop. You must have that firmly in place uh, before you can then build on that to, t to run uh, blind retrieves. Now, for me, not everybody does this, and I'm not saying everybody has to. After I get the tools in place, I like to do pattern blinds, and that is a set of known blinds. Oh, it unchanging. It, the pattern blinds have, in, have been there forever and ever, and that's where you go back. But you first, that's where you teach dogs a little bit about, and I'm not going to go into that here. I've done it before. You teach dogs, okay, there's several places I have out there and we're going to practice going to them and handling on them sometimes. If you need to develop momentum, pattern blinds are a great place to, to make sure you do that by not stopping them but letting them run all the way through because they know where they're going. So it, you need to be very clear that when you are, after you've taught pattern blinds and then you run them for a little bit, the dog knows where it's going. And so pattern blinds are an excellent place to now teach concepts like running by a mark, running under the arc of a thrown bird, 
because the dog, you know the dog knows where they're going, so you can begin, poison bird blinds, you can begin to introduce uh, other concepts by taking advantage of the fact that the dog knows where it's going. Now, my suggestion is, is when I point my dog in a certain direction and I say, you go this direction, I'm not going to suddenly stop him partway out there on a, on a blind, pattern blind, and send him to another one. Because that means <clears throat> that when I point you a certain way, you may or may not be going that way. I never want to introduce that. I want there to be a very strong element of trust between my dog and myself. That when I point you straight north, you will be going straight north. We won't suddenly whoop, change over and go someplace else. So that you just never know what I'm doing. I, you know, I like a, a little bit more of a, of a connection and a trust there. So I'll just say that. So pattern blinds are an excellent. First you teach them and then you can utilize them. And you can troubleshoot. If you start to have problems when you're running cold blinds, real blinds, that's a place that you can go back and work on whatever your problem is. It could be popping. It could be not taking a certain cast. It could be a lot of things that you can go back and, and work on there. But we're past that now, and that's what I'm going to talk about. So this individual wants to start, wants to teach their dog how to run cold blinds. And my heavens, there are um, so many there are so many ways to to, uh, to approach this. So I'm just going to talk about, I learned certain ways way back when. And again, I started, everything I learned in the very basics was Danny Farmer, of which I'm very proud uh, to say that. And I understand he's changed things and people change things. But as I went over the decades training dog after dog after dog, you begin to uh, kind of refine it to what seems to make the most sense and seems to work. I have never wanted to rely on tools or tricks at all. It's just not my nature. I don't want anyone ever doing that to me, and I'm not going to do it to my dogs. So when, when a dog is ready to start running cold blinds, um, you need to first really understand the dog's perspective. Because we all know what our own perspective is. All right, you do all this stuff. You run pattern blinds. I've done all this stuff. All right, we're going to jump in and we're going to start running real blinds, which is a, a blind, a something is out there, a bumper, whatever you're using, that the dog does not know where it is. Okay, so this is a big difference. When you take an animal that over the past months, you know, when you're doing pile work, they see the pile. They know where the pile is. When you start doing your tea work, they know where they're going. They know where the piles are. And then when you switch over to start running pattern blinds to teach them to do something different than the tea and to handle, they still, you teach them where the, where the blind is, whether you have one bumper out there or six. They know where it is. So that is built into the dog's thinking when they're running a blind. Now, when you're going to start teaching them to run blinds where they don't know where it is, for me, it's just my opinion now, I like to transition into that. And by that I mean, I'm not going to just cold, just start going, all right, there you go, but you're just going to have to, because the dog's going to be going, wait, what? <laughs> what? And I'm going to lose that connection and that trust that we have. 
So for the first few days of doing this, and depending on the dog, if it's a real sharp dog, it might only be a few days. And if it's a dog that takes a little more time to assimilate all this stuff, it might be a couple weeks. But I'll walk out with never less than three. I've never done more than six, but never less than three. Don't go teach a dog. You, when, whenever you run a blind, you just do one because then they will learn you only do one blind, which then it gets a little tough if you have a double blind in one of your events or you're hunting and you shoot two birds in two spots, dog didn't see them. So I, whenever I start what I would call uh, a sight blind, it means they have seen that something was down, um, I'll always do at least three. Generally, I would do four. Um, depending on the dog and the time and the location, you know, it could be more. I've never done more than six because I just didn't have that much time. But so I will go out someplace, not where we have run pattern blinds, not, not where they do marks all the time. So it's like running something on the back of your hand. Okay. It's, you got to go somewhere that's different, that they haven't done a bunch of stuff. Because otherwise, memories are going to factor in. History, they're going to remember, oh, I remember the time there was one over here. I remember the time I got in trouble over there. You don't really want to introduce, have those factors along with trying to teach this dog a, a fairly radical concept. And that is go somewhere where you don't know where that is. Just trust me. I'm going to direct you out there. So if you go out. And let's just take three. You got three bumpers in your hand. So you walk out with your dog. With them, they're with you. Just relax, kind of walking with you. Not out hunting and doing things non-related to you, but walking along with you, enjoying the stroll throughout through the field. Toss one out. If your dog is a little bit of a, you know, really needs a little help learning, let them go get it. Bring it back, toss it back out again. Then move on and go put your second blind out. Make sure they are distinctly separate from one another. I mean like 50, 100 yards apart so that it's not just there's bumpers all over out there. You need to make them, you know, 45 or 90 degrees apart even so that there's really no uh, direct relation to these things. So go throw the one out, then walk along somewhere else, further along, and then go throw the other one out and then walk more and throw the other one out. So at least now your dog knows that there's bumpers out there. They're not precisely exactly where, but they know that there are bumpers out there. And then walk back to your initial starting spot, which is one, one spot for all three. Now generally, to make this easiest, do the downwind one first, because dogs run downwind easily. Um, if you're really worried about your dog, you could kind of run them. I guess you could run them into the wind, but so they might wind it from a long ways off. But then dogs don't just run directly into the wind. They really like to they gather more data cross-winding. So I like to do the downwind one first, and then each one becomes increasingly cross-wind as we go. So not only are we teaching intentionally, beginning to teach the concept of running a cold blind, but we're also teaching them not on this day one, but in doing it this way, we will teach them to handle crosswind uh, blinds and how to handle and how to negotiate and not just fade with the wind. So just take that into account in the very beginning. So go back and then 
you know, whistle in your mouth when they take off. Don't have it hanging down. So the four seconds it takes you to get it in your mouth, your dog is 50 yards offline. All right, have your whistle in your mouth and just be ready. And do sight blinds. Now, the, the question I got from this individual is how long should they be? How long, you know, should they be, how long should, you know, are they 80 yards? Are they 100 yards? Because in the test, they're not always 100 yards or less or whatever. And I went, it's like, okay. I always forget that people really want every detail of this stuff. So it's like, well, depending on how much time you have and how easily you can get through the field, have them pretty far. You know, I, I'll be honest. When I would do them, I'd start the first one maybe roughly 100, and, 100 120 the next one would be 160. The third one might be 200 and something. I, I, I never made them real short because I never wanted the dogs to learn blinds are real short. You go out so far and there it is. Or if you do them all the same length, then <laughs> you teach the dog. You always go out 100 yards. And I have gotten dogs that somebody else trained in to train and get prepared for stuff. And I could tell that dog would go out 100 yards, drop the nose, and start looking. So they had always done, you know, the hunt test length of a, of a blind. Now, I know in Master Hunters, they go way past the 100 yards now. And if you're in a field trial, they can be 400 or more yards. So I have found, even on just gun dogs that I train, that it's much more beneficial to dog and dog owner if the dog runs whatever blind it needs to whether it's 40 yards or 400 yards. So when you start these, have them varying distances. Let's don't teach, especially a smart dog, let's don't teach, it go, you know, you go out this far because those dogs intuitively, they don't know distance, they don't count steps, but they still know when they're 100 yards out if that's how far they always go. So vary the distance, probably make it longer than you'd like. Takes more time, a lot more walking. I had a, a gentleman, do, a client do this. I'm going to say it was over 20 years ago, about 25 years ago. And I had force-fetched his dog, and that's all I had done. And then because of losing a job or something, he had to go back and do the training on his dog. And so I helped him with stuff like I'm saying right now. He got the dog through the T and was ready to start, and he ran some pattern blinds and got the dog handling. It, w it was a very good dog. And so then it was time for him to start. And he'd never trained a dog like this. He'd never run blind retrieve on a dog. And so I had given him basically this advice. Said, one, run a lot of blinds. Don't go run one. Don't even go run two. Run three or four or five, you know, something like that. And the distance thing. I said, don't do every now and then do some short, do medium, do some real long ones. And because at the time he was unemployed, he did that. He, he would go out, and he lived actually in the, the greater metro area of Denver, so he was in open spaces and, and uh, golf, golf clubs before they, <laughs> before they opened up, and he was just doing stuff everywhere. And he would do that. He would run, and he really, you know, long blinds. He thought, oh, long will be good. And so he did that, and he did it many days a week. This dog ran a lot of blinds, and he knew not to do them in the same place. He did not repeat them because that's not something you want your dog to learn. Every blind, cold blind, should be a cold blind. And, oh, he did this forever. And I was there when he ran his very first senior hunter. 
right? So it was, he had been working on this for, since the prior year. I think he, I can't remember if he got a junior hunter on his dog, but he was running a senior hunter. Now, this is a big deal when you've never run uh, a hunt test, you're, you're new to all of this, and then it's a senior, you know, and it's got doubles and blinds and, and uh, all that stuff, and he's nervous, and he's worked so hard, and I'm watching. And so he goes, and the dog does the, the double, the land double, because um, he, you know, the dog was a great, it was a, it became a master hunter. It did, it was all, did all kinds of things. But I'll never forget, he ran the double, and then they had a blind, I can't remember, it had to have been maybe 60 yards, and it was adjacent to one of the marks. And I'll never forget, I'm watching this, you know, it's going, okay, let's let's see how this goes. And he had him lined up correctly because he ran a lot of blinds and he had that down really well. And the dog took off like he was shot out of a cannon, right? I mean, he took off and he was heading for 400 yards. And he ran over the top of the bird. And the duck flew up and kind of tumbled around and the, you could, the, it caught the dog by surprise. So he immediately put the brakes on, turned around, and grabbed the bird and came running back. I mean, he lined the blind. He just lined it. <laughs> it was, and so for this gentleman, he went, well, geez, this isn't very hard. <laughs> because he had so conditioned that dog to go where he was pointed um, and not to think about all the other stuff involved or, oh, there was a mark over there. Just, just I'm pointed this way. Just go. And you might be going for a long time. So that dog hadn't even shifted into second. And he, when he kicked up the bird. So I re just remember thinking all the blinds, you know, he'd go out and do four of them. And some days would be great. Some days would not be good. And, and, <laughs> and that dog was fantastic. And, of course, he easily got, he got his senior hunter. He got his master hunter. The dog was amazing. He could have run any field trial blind in the world. And the reason that it was that way was because he had just spent so much time going and doing the four or more cold blinds of all of varying lengths. Some, you know, the dog could run a short one, although you better have your whistle because he he was just as happy to go another several hundred yards out there. And it was just a major advantage to that dog. He didn't think anything about a blind other than go where you're pointed, stop when he tells you and take the cast, and just keep going. Highly, highly valuable and when you're a, a pro trainer and you got 16 18 dogs you got to go do this with i i would still do it with all of them i would do i would do that all the ones that were at that stage but i remember thinking if i just was an amateur and i just had my one dog i would do just like that client did i would do this so much so that a blind was just not an issue run hard stop on a whistle, take casts, go however far they had to go. There is no downside to having a dog that can run a blind of any length. And you know if you hunt, and if you're hunting a pheasant or you're hunting a goose or something and it goes down, or your buddy shot it and your dog was with you and they didn't see it, but it landed two fields over, it's very, very nice to have a gun dog the one that doesn't even run com competition at all, that you put your hand down and say back, and they'll run straight over there to two fields over and find that, you know, the bird that glided over there before it dropped. So all dogs, all dogs that retrieve real birds, in my opinion, should be able to run a blind of any length. 
And it's very easy to train a dog to run a blind of any length by teaching them that blinds are all kinds of lengths, including very long. Usually what people don't like about that is that you, then you got to walk all the way out there. <laughs> but but it, is, it, it pays off huge dividends. Now, the other thing that I, I told this gentleman, I said, always go out and start doing this for the first few times. Take the dog out with you when you put the bumpers down. Make sure you know where they are. Okay, and don't just put them by the darker green spot because when you get 150 yards back, there's 12 darker green spots. So mark it somehow. In the beginning, go ahead and do the big old orange flag, or I don't, yeah, I don't even care, white post. I, but get rid of that. Don't, do not teach your dog to run to any white thing they see out in the field because they'll do that to you in a hunt test or hunting. So put something, maybe a small orange ribbon, maybe uh, the new things they have now where you get like the fake weed from Home Depot and you can go put your fake weeds down so they just look like stuff out there but they look a little different and you can tell where it is. But you really do, when you, especially when you're beginning teaching this and always, you know, is know where you're sending your dog and know when they get there. Make sure of that. And then you got to walk back out there and pick them up. So it's a lot of work. It is. But it pays off in big dividends. So after you get in the habit of doing this, it actually its a lot of exercise for both of you. And dogs really get to like it. Because at one, it teaches them, you know, you're going to go out there and you're not going to get in all kinds of trouble because this is a teaching thing. And you already have the you must go and you must stop. So you're not fighting that part. Because if you are, don't be doing this. Because you can't teach all of this stuff at the same time. There's just too many levels of, of expertise on this. But so you teach your dog, um, you go out, you run, you know, and the more we, the more you do it, the more they trust you, the more they'll just shift over 20 degrees and go to the next one. They don't have any, all kinds of conditional thoughts on blinds. It's just like, okay, here we go. All right, we go again. Then you can begin when you can start doing that. Now, just like on your what you had done, hopefully on your earlier pattern blinds, is now you kind of let's put some chairs out there. Let's put some things out there that make it look like you've got four blinds set up out there or three. Let's put some chairs. I don't care, and a bucket of birds up on the chair, not down on the ground where the dog could go grab it, because that's what they should do if they found a bird on the ground. But so now let's teach them to run these blinds right by things that look like gunning stations. Put up a holding blind out there with nothing in it, just a holding blind. Yeah, go on, buy it. At first, they won't. They'll go, oh, must be a mark here, right? So we don't correct them. We just teach them, right? No, 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 keep on going. And it, again, that's not a high-pressure deal. Everybody thinks, you know, you got to do all these corrections out here. Not when you're teaching. When you're teach, te teaching, then do that, teach. They go out there to a, where you have a holding blind on their way to some... 180 yard long blind, you know, and just stop them, get out there a little bit closer so you, that you can get them out of there. Go out there and throw a dirt clod in the direction they need to take the cast and kick them out of that area and show them, yes, you can run by holding blinds. It's fine. That's a teaching thing. And if you do that without just crushing them and correcting them like they were doing something wrong, which they are not, if you think about it, um, if you did teach that, then they begin again to get very comfortable running a lot of blinds, hard blinds, blinds close to stuff, blinds under this, by that. 
you can just teach all that if you're willing to take the time. I have found this over the years to be an incredibly powerful way without crunching down and correcting the heck out of them, making them come up to the line going, oh, God, I hope I get this right. Instead, they come up to the line going, all right, I'll go. That's what we're doing is creating that attitude. That's the attitude that will get you to the last series of the test or the last series of the national or that last bird hunting that nobody else's dog could go is the dog that goes, I can do this. And they do that by a lot of practice, by pushing the limits of what you're asking, and by not correcting them all the time, but by teaching them. And the more of the teaching approach on this you take, the more buy-in you're going to have with this dog, and the more complicity, the more they want to work with you. And if you move them a few degrees over, they're like, good, okay, let me know which way I have to go. So running blinds like this is time-consuming, takes some energy. you got to drive to a place where you can do it. You have to drive to lots of different places. If you just do it out in your back 40, we, you know, I'll run from the north to the south, and on another day I'll get on the south side and run to the north. After about three times, you have exhausted that, and you, there are no benefits to that. As a matter of fact, teaching dogs to just run where they've been or buy where they've been or all that kind of stuff without ever adding any new factors to that uh, you, it, there's very little gain and usually they get kind of bored and there's really no challenge i think it's very important to also offer the different kind of terrain different kind of cover different kind of conditions different kind of smells and if you just begin to add all that together, particularly now, you know, th this podcast is being recorded in December. So if you start this now, weather allowing, obviously if you got three feet of snow, not going to work. Um, but if you can go do this from now till the season starts again in April, May, whenever it starts for everybody, a little earlier down south. But then you don't have three feet of snow generally down south, so you can just keep on doing this stuff. And if you go do run these blinds, I'm going to say two or three times a week. Takes takes any, with, with one dog, it'll take half hour, maybe. Maybe a little bit more depending on how much walking you have to do or you have to drive at new and different places. Take the time. If you have to do it early on Saturday and Sunday mornings, you know, that's the time when you're not going to work. So you can go drive an hour somewhere and get some of this in. Do this. Now. Now that I, as soon as I said that, I realized more is not better on this. So if you drive an hour down some place where there's a big open space or some farmland or something where you can do this, and you set up four brilliant blinds, all different lengths, separate enough, you know, as as your dog gets more accomplished at this, you can tighten those things up quite a bit uh, and run them fairly close because the dog gets that. In the beginning, they do not. So if you've done that and you've got four of them and you got a busy week ahead and you know it's not going to be till next Saturday or something that you do this, so I'm going to go do four more over here, I would say no. I would say not to do that. I always like three or four, maybe five if you got a little bit of, you know, the dog has enough, enjoys it and has enough. You don't want to force them on this stuff. They're actually supposed to like this. So if you have a dog that's somewhat marginal on it, let's don't do four or five. Let's do three. 
I would never, I would just never do less than three. Shorten, you know, have only one long one and maybe the other two a little bit shorter. Let's don't ever shove this down the throats of our dogs. If you start it right, they'd like it. One, because they know, once they understand what you're asking, they know how to do it and they're, they don't do stuff to get in trouble. And they're not going to go out there and get corrected if they make the wrong move because they're not sure what they're doing. If you have them believing in this and understanding and being taught, then they're going to like it. So you want to make sure, you know, if you got a dog, let's say physically, it's just hard for them to run that hard or they got to run through dirt clod fields with a lot of where you train. Then don't put five or six out there and just, man, we're just like whipping them into it. Don't do that. Their attitude is really important. But if you, let's say you do have the fire-breathing dragon, you know, that I'll run blinds all day long, I'm still going to say, just do your four or five or six and stop. Because in that period of time, let's say you're having a, a good day, right? If you're having a good day, okay, the dog is successful. They did what you want. You had that teamwork thing. You got the trust going. It was all good. That is the best place to stop. If you go do the whole thing again, now, oh, it's just like a track athlete that had a really great workout. They did their intervals. They did their warm-up. They did their cool-down. They did that, and you go, all right. Let's go do it again. I mean, they're a little bit sunk. They got, they got everything they could out of that workout. They optimized their attitude and their bodies, and it was done. Now, you know, you can go have lunch or something. It's the same way with dogs. Just because you have time does not mean it's going to be beneficial to just keep grinding on this dog that got everything you wanted out of that. And if you had a bad session, you know, it just didn't go well because sometimes that happens because that's how it is. Let's don't go out and grind more on that because that's probably going to make it worse. So people that like to stuff a few days work into one, I'm going to say virtually never does that work. So even if you have to drive a whole hour and you went and you did, and you got a fire-breathing drag, dragon, so you did five or six blinds, yay. You know, do some, take a walk, do some hand-thrown marks, do some whatever you want, come home. Let that just stew in the way it is. Most of all, it's not like, I hate to tell people, go do four blinds because then they're going to think they must do four blinds. You do have to do multiple blinds. I don't ever like to do less than three. But don't, your dog's attitude is always what you need to gauge. If you're correcting the heck out of them, they aren't going to have a great attitude. They're just going to be hoping for the best. Hoping for the best is not a good learning environment. Feeling like they are understanding and you are working hard to work with them, then their attitude is good, and then you can do a little bit more. So you, you, this has to be something that they value and are getting something out of. If they're not, then you need to change something. And so because somebody told you, and I told this guy, go do four blinds. I, I know he's going to do four blinds every time. And... Um, uh, you know, but he has a dog. He probably had to be doing six um, blinds. But just make sure that whenever you're working with your dog, you know, let, listen to them. What are they telling you? They're going, oh, God, I don't want to do this. or I don't like this. Or can I just go back to the truck? Maybe you ought to change a few things up because, believe it or not, dogs should enjoy this just like when you go to class in college, right? I mean, if you go to a class you can't stand, you're not learning very well and you're not going to benefit a whole lot from it. 
But when you go to something where you're going, I like this stuff, this is very interesting to me, and I feel like I can master it, then you're going to pay a lot more attention. It's exactly that way with your dogs. So running really good blinds is not a hard thing, and it's not because you do a bunch of drills with white sticks and buckets and go back to the same place over and over again. It's more the hard work of running a lot of these blinds different places, not repeating stuff, repeating, no, not repeating. And if there's one that they really had trouble with, figure out what the concept was they had trouble with and then go do, see if you can find that someplace else. But going back and grinding them through that thing has effects, thoughts in their heads that you're not aware of. You're just thinking you got your dog out there and you're just going to grind him over this thing till he gets it. Never seen that be the case. So that's longer than I thought it would be on this. I just want to throw that out for people. You know, I'm not a gimmicky thing. I don't like to do tricks on this stuff, and I never repeat stuff. And I don't call them back and start over. When, I, when we commit to a blind, we're going to go to the end. If it takes me 20 minutes to get you out there, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to call you back and start over. Because many times, not always, but many times, when people do that, when the dog gets confused or worried or corrected or something and it comes running back in and they wonder why. That's because, well, that was always the answer before. When it got confusing or you got mad or whatever it is, they got to come back and do it again. And so then they start doing defaulting to that. They'll default to that in the test. Ah, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I'll just come back. So I would basically I'll say this. I never call them back. I never start over. I'm sure there's some time I have somewhere, but basically I never do that. It's like when I tell you back and you're, you're lined up straight, we're going to finish it. And then they be, begin to believe that. So don't do them over. Don't repeat them. Don't call them back. If you have a good day, yay. If you have a bad day, okay. You know, you got to wait till the next time. Because over time, with like, like a gentleman I told you that lined most of the blinds he ever was on, uh, was because he just did the time. He just did a lot of it until the dog became so comfortable and so confident in running blinds that the dog was fantastic. So offer that one a few weeks away from Christmas. I hope everybody is staying healthy, happy, and have a wonderful holiday. But I will be back next week. <music>